Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm Donnie Cage, here bringing you more crazy wrestling madness. Aha, Mr. Cage, Crazy Cage, I like to catch you that. How's it going, sir? It's going well, Kentucky Guy. How have you been? Oh, man, if I had to get any better, I'd have to take a peel. Sure would. <laughs> All right, folks, so if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. Also, hit that notification button so you're notified every time a new episode comes out. We are on 73 different audio platforms as of right now, and that's including Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage, he is a co-host of Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell them about that show, sir. Yes, sir. So I co-host the Uncaged Voice podcast along with Top Tier Rated and Jigsaw Jester. We talk about all sorts of entertainment, news, gaming, wrestling, all sorts of cool stuff. Our next episode is going to center on social media, the good and the bad and the ugly of social media. So definitely check that out once it drops. Yeah, and also if you like to uh, hear different types of interviews, uh, if you'd like to stay up to date on political or newsworthy current events and so forth, uh, check out the uh, other show that I host, the Red Pill Current News Podcast. have a uh, very interesting lady uh, on tomorrow's episode that will be uh, uploaded tomorrow. And it is uh, basically she's an energy coach, uh, life coach, and uh, boy, she's just very, very fascinating. Also, for you, those that follow YouTube, uh, I, on the 27th, I have Van Buren 20, who is a, uh, a really uh, up-and-coming and, and big YouTuber. He's been on there for years. He is coming on the show, and we're going to talk about Mr. Beast, who is a huge, huge YouTuber, and the controversy surrounding him right now. So, uh, yeah, that should be an interesting interview as well. That's coming up, like I said, the 27th of this month. So be sure to check that out. And that's on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Now, if you'd ever like to uh, be a guest on this show or you have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at ol, Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. That's old Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. Also, down in the description below, uh, you can check out our merch along with our social media links and all that good stuff. And most importantly, though, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode as well as the others. We couldn't do it without you. And special surprise, 
on next, not this Saturday coming, but the next Saturday, so a week from Saturday, will be our 100th episode. That's right, 100th episode. And it will also be the ending of Season 2 and the beginning of Season 3. And we're going to do something special for that show. Don't know what yet, <laughs> but something. We can, we'll come up with something, I promise you that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, congratulations, uh, Donnie, on almost 100 episodes, brother. That's awesome. That's a big milestone, Kentucky guy. Yeah, man. All right, so let's get into wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler. Let's get into it. Here we go. All right, so... So we're gonna get we're gonna do the raw results, but before that, let's let's give you a quick update that came out breaking news actually within the last couple of hours, uh, according to reports on social media and around Bray Wyatt has been removed from the WWE internal run sheets. Last time I seen this, okay. So first of all, I don't want anybody panicking. Doesn't mean he's gone. This has happened before. The last time I seen this was Sasha Banks. Was the very last time. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to end the same way. Because the time before that, I seen it on Kevin Owens. And he was just, uh, he was out with an injury. And he, he came back. <laughs> so, he was not fired or anything like that. But I did want to give you guys an update. Anytime we get a, uh, get a breaking news uh, report like that, I like to share it with you all. Uh, once again, I don't think it's anything to panic about. Uh, probably just a um, what I would call a cover their own assets backup because they know fans are getting pretty worn out and tired over not seeing Bray Wyatt or hearing anything about the Uncle Howdy or even Alexa Bliss now is absent from television. So I would I would assume they've done this to kind of give us something to talk about instead of it always being negative. Which they're if you're on the dirt sheets or social media, bring up Bray Wyatt's name. It's all negative right now. Not so much towards him, but towards the company itself. And, you know, I mean, come out and show that he's injured if he's injured or something. Don't just leave your fans hanging thinking they're stupid because it backfires every time. As you can see, it's backfiring on that. But anyways, sir, before we get into the raw results, any comments on that breaking news? Um. So this is almost uh, them taking Bray Wyatt off of the internal run sheets, as they call them, is almost like being put on the uh, put put on uh, put on the DL in uh, baseball. It's uh, it's like uh, oh, we got to put you on the thirty day or the sixty day DL, whatever whatever the case is. So who knows at this stage when Bray Wyatt's going to return to television? Um, what frustrates me is not just that Bray Wyatt isn't on television. But Uncle Howdy and Alexa Bliss aren't on television either. And it looked like they had a storyline going between those two. So why they couldn't keep that storyline going is beyond me. I mean, the two of them are capable performers and can still keep the audience's interest going. And then if you want to reintegrate Bray Wyatt when he's good to go again, then that's fine. But why bring this storyline to a complete halt? It doesn't make any sense to me, and it, it frustrates me quite honestly. Because, um, yeah, they just—they really were just have just been spinning their wheels with Bray Wyatt over the last couple of months. And obviously, we want the guy to get healthy and come back to TV when he's 100. percent But 
Yeah, I just I just don't understand the logic of saying, well, Bray Wyatt's not on TV, so that means we can't have Uncle Howdy or Alexa Bliss either. Yeah, and I tell you, you know, you, you uh, when you were when you were talking there, you kind of uh, made me start thinking, and, and like a light went off. So Bray Wyatt, okay, so if he's physically injured, we get it; he can't be in the ring. However, if he's physically injured, that does not take away from his mind. He's creative. Let him be creating for Uncle Howdy and Alexa Bliss in the background. Let him still continue with the story, and then he can, you know, pop in when he's healthy again. But he's his creative mind is so, so far superior and so just crazy. I mean, that's his main gift anyway. Let him do that. Why not? I'm sure you're paying him anyway, so. All right, so let's get into Monday Night Raw results. Uh, we did see Brock Lesnar. He did come to answer Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes' uh, challenge for Backlash, which we knew that was going to happen. Now, I really, I really, I liked it, but I didn't like it. I think they should have let Cody actually get his hands on Brock. I'm not saying he would have whooped him or anything like that, but holding Cody back and the Adam Pierce thing and Cody actually knocking out you know guard uh, the security guards and stuff let's just be honest uh seen that done that seen brock do it seen bobby lashley do it quite a few times seen ronda rousey do it on smackdown for like weeks on end so yeah i think cody's too good for that for that segment the way that played out and wasn't really inspired and then trish stratus she did explain why she betrayed Becky Lynch, which doesn't make, I don't know. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I i really wasn't into the segment, but just to let you guys know, she did try to explain why she turned in. Mark it down. It's going to happen. Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch at Backlash if Becky Lynch is healthy because she did suffer a minor injury, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, your thoughts on those two segments, sir? I have to agree, Kentucky guy, that I'm getting a little tired of the whole segment where one wrestler wants to get his hands on the other wrestler and security's got, got to get between them. We all know that security is 100% ineffective. They're going to get knocked out. They're going to get beaten up by one of the wrestlers. Just let the two of them fight. It doesn't even matter who gets the better of the other. Just give the fans what they want and let, the, and let them exchange some blows. Um... Yeah, I, I get real tired of this, to be perfectly honest. It's so repetitive. And, I mean, it's good that they showed Cody wanting to tear Brock Lesnar limb from limb. And I'm looking forward to the match. Don't misunderstand me. But, yeah, I've just, I've seen this a million times. And it's, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. Now, as far as the Trish Stratus promo, I mean, I mean, come on, Kentucky guy. I mean, she was, she was stating facts. I mean, she's one of the best in the history of the business here. And I mean, it, it you know, it doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to understand why she, why she turned on Becky Lynch. I mean, she just, she's, she's bigger and better than her. I mean, that's just, that's just the bottom line. She's already a hall of famer. Why does she have to lower herself to teaming with Becky Lynch, who, you know, is, has been a successful wrestler in her own right. Don't get me wrong. She's earned the moniker of the man, but this is Trish Stratus. We're talking about one of the most, you know, revolutionary women's wrestlers in the history of the business. Are you kidding me? Even when Trish Stratus was in her prime, she sucked. She had the chick kick. 
And Stratus Fetch, I mean, the only reason why she got over is because people thought she was good looking. I mean, <laughs> she was, come on. When you talk about talent, actual, you can actually, you're, you would actually compare her to Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair or Sasha Banks or Bailey, one of the four horsemen, as far as talent and ability. Come on. Wake up. She's all right. Then we had Austin Theory. Uh, he faced Bobby Lashley. Austin Theory actually got disqualified because of uh, the uh, big guy came in there, Bronson Reed, and attacked Bobby. I like the build towards this match. I really do. I enjoyed it. The Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley match still made Austin Theory, I think, look very weak. Bobby Lashley pretty much controlled the match. and But this Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley feud, I'm digging it. I'm okay with it. We had Seth Rollins take on The Miz. The Miz is tired of being overlooked. Well, sorry, Miz, but you lost against the great one, Seth Rollins. That was a decent match. I think uh, it, it showed that Miz still can go. But, you know, if you want to put Miz over and he needs to get over in a few matches, you need to put him up against a couple of these younger guys and let him get some wins because his loss record right now is just crazy. If you really, if you dig into it, it's just He's lost, I don't know how many months in a row, uh, repetitively. So, anyways, your thoughts on those two matches? It's kind of unfortunate how far The Miz has fallen at this point. Mind you, I'm not saying that a loss to Seth Rollins is a, is, is a bad thing. I mean, Seth Rollins is great. There's no question about it. But The Miz at one point had one of the most notable intercontinental title runs in of like the last decade or so, uh, a couple of years back. So it's kind of a shame that... He's basically been reduced to enhancement talent, for lack of a better term. Um, I mean, I'm glad they at least let him put on, put up a good fight against Seth Rollins, and it wasn't just a squash or something. But uh, man, it's a, I, I got to feel bad for the Miz to some degree, whether you like his character or not. He's always been a pretty good worker, and he's really worked hard to get to the point that he is in his career. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a decent enough match at least uh, for TV, and. I'm still intrigued to see where the Bobby Lashley Bronson Reed feud goes, but please, please, creative team, stop giving us Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. We've seen that matchup a million times. I am now officially tired of it. Every single time they get in the ring, Bobby Bobby Lashley manhandles them because he's the Almighty. He manhandles everybody. So it, it, it it's a done deal whenever the two of them are, are in the ring across from one another. Give Bobby the title. It's what I say. If you want to keep uh, keep that, if you like that feud, uh, which I'm kind of like you, I I don't see any point in it. But if you like that feud, Bobby needs that title. Quit making these stupid endings to where uh, this guy keeps retaining. Doesn't make any sense. We had Paul Heyman come out to the ring, and with the uh, with the with the bloodline, and the Judgment Day showed up as well, and they had made a pact. For the Judgment Day to take out Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And for the Bloodline to take out Rey Mysterio and LWO. So that brings us to our next match. And we had Solo Sequoia versus Rey Mysterio. And very proud of Solo. He won the match. A lot of distractions in this match. Not only from the Usos, but from uh, Escobar and LWO. However, Solo got the win with the massive spike to the throat. 
man, this guy, he's, he is, he's a future, he needs a belt. I think you said that on the last episode. He definitely needs a belt. Why in the world they took away the Northern belt from NXT from him just because he's on the main roster made zero sense. They could have done a whole new uh, title belt brand there that you could defend on any show you were on. He could have had challengers from NXT pop over to Raw or SmackDown to challenge him for it. I mean, they could have done a whole storyline just on that. I'll never understand Shawn Michaels taking that belt from him. Anyways, then we had Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai. Uh, winner, stupid pony ponytail girl, of course. Uh, they're not going to let her lose in her an upcoming match against EO Sky for the title. Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, uh, once again, partners, versus Canda, uh, Candice LeRae and Machine, who I don't understand why these two are back if they're going to lose matches to Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. <laughs> I mean, what? Candice LeRae, you know, she, the, she is a really good wrestler. I don't get the use of her on Raw or SmackDown right now. I, I, I just, I don't understand. But uh, anyways, your thoughts on those three matches? Uh, I'm still not getting, really getting the pairing of Chelsea Green and uh, Sonya Deville as a team. I'm glad to see Chelsea Green pick up a victory. Don't get me wrong because I'm a fan of hers. Sonia Deville, I have always been, I can take her or leave her personally. Um, but yeah, you know, you bring back Candice LeRae again, who's a good, good worker. Uh, Mishin, Mia Yim, who's also a pretty good worker herself, and they kind of just put people over all the time. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but the match was what it was. Solo Sokoa, man, he, uh, I said it before, he's uh, still being built up to look really strong. I mean, this is a big win for him, beating a Hall of Famer like Rey Mysterio. Some people might just kind of dismiss it, but it, it's a big win in his career. It's another notch on his belt, and uh, you know he keeps the momentum going. Man, he's going to be he's going to be a big star one of these days. There's no question about it. He's not he's he's not quite there, but he's work but he's working his way up the ladder. I will give him credit. He's working his way up the ladder. No no doubt about it. Um, and then uh, the the other match, uh, Kentucky guys, Dakota, sorry, Dakota Kai Bianca Dakota Kai. You see, this is this is what I mean. Uh, they keep booking the members of Damage Control to lose matches, so this is why my memory's a little hazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bianca Belair's got a title defense coming up against Io uh, uh, Sky, and I almost feel like it would have made more sense for Bianca to win this match by like disqualification for uh, Damage Control to like attack her during the match and just like beat her down. Because the whole idea is they got to be building EO Sky up as a credible threat. And in the lead up to facing Bianca Belair at Backlash, she's got to try to make Bianca look as weak as possible. So, yeah, just having Bianca go over here, even though she's the champ, I, 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 it's like I kind of get it because I, because I like Bianca, but at the same time, got to build up her opponent. And they didn't really do that in this match. Yeah, I look for the damage control to come to an end real soon. You can see the the writings on the wall, and as far as Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, it was supposed to be Chelsea Green and Carmella were supposed to be the in which would be a much better fit and a much better tag team, but Carmella got hurt, so that's what happened on that. And then we had the main event. It was uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Riddle versus Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this was a good match. The winners were Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Riddle. Uh, I, you know, I, 
I, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but I don't like Riddle since he's come back. I liked him better before he got hurt or went to rehab or whatever. I'm not a fan of this Riddle. I don't know what what's different about it, but something's different about his in-ring performance, and I'm just not a fan at all, at all. I don't know if it's because he's getting ready, he's going to have to work with uh, Dana White again, and we all know that history there, but I just I think he I think he stinks. Your thoughts on the main event? I mean, I thought it was a good main event. I was actually a little surprised that Judgment Day didn't pick up the win here uh, because I think they they definitely could have used a victory, especially if they want to build up new contenders for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Although, again, we've they've got the defense uh, coming up against the Usos on SmackDown in a week or so. Um, so I guess again they want to they want to build the champs up here. Um, as far as Riddle's uh, in ring performance, you know, I he's been out of the ring for a few months, so my whole my whole opinion is he's work he's he's working off some ring rust. Personally, I think we need to give him a little bit more time to just get more to just get more comfortable and get back into the zone in the ring. Um, so I'm willing to give give the man a little bit more uh, time to develop. But uh, but no, I mean I, I I hear what you're saying, Kentucky guy. It was a little I guess it was a little off from what we're used to seeing. Um, uh, you know, that wasn't, that, that, that fact is not, uh, I'm not blind to that. Well, I mean, he wrestled, uh, solo, come on, bro. He wrestled solo on Monday and then he wrestled SmackDown the week before. And I mean, how much time do you need? Look at Kenny Omega. If you want to talk about ring rust and Kenny Omega is out a lot longer than Riddle. I don't know. I, I, I just, he's, it seemed like it was, uh, clunky. I, I, I don't know. Uh, he, he can definitely go, or he used to be able to. He can definitely go. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it is ring rust. Maybe you just got to get it smoothed back out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see Randy Orton come back and uh, RKO him. He's still doing Randy's moves, and I don't like that at all. All right, sir, so you have the next two headlines. I'll go ahead and turn it over to you. Uh-huh. So our first headline, Raven clears up rumors about his health and wrestling future. ECW alumni also WWE, uh, WCW, and TNA alumni, Raven, recently joined PWmania.com for an exclusive, in-depth interview. The following was sent to us. Tommy Dreamer, uh, uh, on Tommy Dreamer's comments about his health. My health is fine. Honestly, like, I think what the problem was, is in his interview, Tommy lives in a work-shoot world. And in his mind, Raven and Dreamer really went to summer camp together and fought over Beulah. And he was triumphing because he married her, I guess. I think what he meant to come across and say is that I can't wrestle because I just had my knees replaced and I'm going to have my shoulder replaced this year, so I can't now. And it'd be at least a year of recovery for my shoulder replacement. And then he added the working part where he's like, you know, I don't know if I can give him a, you know, because damage in the chair shot hurt around the world. So half shooting, half working. I mean, if I had brain damage, I'm sure I have some damage. Obviously, I think all wrestlers do from all the chair shots to the head and drugs we take. But, you know, to make it seem like that, I have brain damage, like excessive brain damage where it's affecting my life. It Well, it doesn't. I'm in good health. I'm just suffering injuries from my career. I had my left shoulder replaced in 2013. And it was so painful that I said, that's it. I'm not getting the right one either, replacing two, but I'm like, I'm not getting that until I absolutely have to, and now I absolutely have to. I still feel like I'm 28 inside. I'm 58, but I feel 28, and I probably have the organs of a 78-year-old. 
In terms of whether he'll be wrestling again, he said, yeah, it'll probably be a year because I'm going to get my shoulder replaced and let it heal, but I'll be 59, 60 then. I'm not going to be taking any bumps, though. So, uh, you know, Raven, definitely a legend in the business. He's given a lot to the sport, to ECW, to WCW, to WWE to a lesser degree, also to TNA. Uh, you know, I don't really think the guy needs to continue wrestling at his age. I mean, he he has a tremendous mind for the business, and I think there's other ways that he could be utilized. Um, you know, a lot of wrestlers, I think the problem is they... They just when when they get in the ring, they they, they get the, they get that feeling again, that rush they get from seeing the live crowd, and and it's like they want they want to keep doing this forever. And the fact is, our bodies break down over time, and and it just can't take that abuse after you get past a certain age. Well, I'm glad that he uh, he came out and responded to that. I don't know if you had a chance to read that interview with Tommy Dreamer. I read it. Wow, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I was thinking Raven was uh, a <laughs> he was crippled up. And like, you know, like in a hospital bed or something, I, I was really feeling bad. So I'm glad he clarified that. And, uh, and he's right. Tommy dreamer did push that like way out there. If you haven't had a chance folks to read that, you can go to, uh, I think I found it on wrestling observer, Dave Meltzer posted it, but it was an interview that Tommy dreamer did. And he was asked about how Raven's doing and what his current health conditions like. And wow, uh, you would, uh, <laughs> let's put it this way. I was very, very concerned. I feel a lot better now after hearing Mr. Cage uh, read that report. So, All right, sir, you got the next headlight. Injured WWE star teases returning to TV soon. It looks like R-Truth is getting closer to making his return from injury. Thankfully, he's not bringing back the WWE 24-7 championship. The longtime WWE star had been on the WWE NXT brand before he went down with a torn quad during a singles match with Grayson Waller. This past November, I actually totally forgot he was injured. Uh, and it happened when he flipped over the top rope. Days later, the wrestling veteran underwent surgery. R-Truth previously revealed that he needed a second surgery because he had infection. Oof. Back in January, while doing a live stream, R-Truth noted that although the second surgery set his recovery process back, he noted he's probably coming back sooner than people think. We wish R-Truth a speedy recovery. Well, I mean, R-Truth has always been a fun on-air personality. He always makes me laugh. And, uh, you know, he's he's had a lot of memorable moments in the business. Guy's still kept in pretty good shape, I'd say, for his age. There's no question about it. And, hey, if he's able to make a full recovery and get back in the ring, that's great. Um, I kind of wish he would get another, like, serious run and not just be treated like a comedy character. But, unfortunately... They did so many gags with that stupid 24-7 championship that I don't know if we can ever take R-Truth seriously again, unfortunately. He'd have to go to a, another promotion to be taken serious, I think. Uh, he had a heck of a run in uh, TNA as a serious, uh, serious candidate. And once upon a time, him and uh, John Morrison and The Miz had a pretty good feud, and he was kind of taken seriously. But yeah, it all went downhill. Few, quite a few years ago with uh, Little Jimmy. Little Jimmy? Yeah, so that kind of ended his serious wrestling career. and you know. But he's got the tools. I mean, I always thought he was a good wrestler. Uh, funny guy, though, so I can, I can take him or leave him. You know, I mean, not a huge fan. He is hilarious live, though. At the last live event I was, 
He was there. Uh, he did an unscheduled match against uh, Omos. <laughs> and he tried to convince Omos that uh, Omos was uh, that he was Omos's dad, daddy. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's a funny guy. I get it. I get it. You know, um, but as far as him being out there, I didn't I didn't even think of I didn't I didn't miss him. I know that's bad to say, but I, I didn't realize he was gone until you read that. So, yeah, I guess it has been a while since he's been on television. All right. So this one right here, this headline is actually just came out just a little bit ago. When I say a little bit, I mean within the last two hours. Uh, and it was recently added to this report. So here we go. Nick Khan confirms WWE cuts were going to be pretty aggressive. Nick Khan has confirmed that WWE will be making aggressive cuts following the deal with Endover and the planned merger with UFC. Speaking to Lightshed Partners, uh, Khan pointed to the cuts UFC made when it was purchased by Endover back in 2016. He added that WWE is looking to make savings of at least $50 million. Quote, if you look at what Endover was able to take out Cost-wise, from UFC in 2016 or shortly after the deal was done, we have the same expectations here. We think $50 million is really conservative number. We have uh, integration teams now. We're going to get those in shape. I think we'll have a better sense of it in a month or two. We're going to be pretty aggressive with them to make sure that for our shareholders and for our company, our organization, is as lean and mean as possible, and we're going to rely on the Endover flywheel to make up the rest. Uh, he does denies he does deny cuts will affect talent, talent and production staff, despite the significant cost saving measures on that way. Khan claimed that these will not affect the on screen product, noting that he wants to leave it untouched. Quote. The most important thing is to leave the product untouched. Untouched meaning if Triple H and Kevin Dunn want to evolve it, great. But in terms of cutbacks there, that's not what we're looking to do. So at the time of this, at the time of this article came out, uh, there's no word on when these cuts will take place. So I'm okay with them cutting office staff as long as they don't, it doesn't take away from the product. So uh, that's, you know, it's kind of breaking news, but it's not as troublesome as i thought as it could have been because if they go start uh, cutting superstars again and uh you know people that you know production staff people that make a difference in the game whoa you know don't do that you've got a good thing going here don't blow it by the way raw was phenomenal once again it was great uh so once again more proof vince mcmahon is not a part of creative all right sir your thoughts on that headline well one thing I want to start off by saying is I, I always feel bad when I hear stories about uh, staff getting cut, in this case, office staff, because, you know, the, they're the people who are working, you know, behind the scenes that kind of help keep the corporate machine running and everything. So I feel terrible for anyone who does lose their job. I just want to preface that. But I do kind of agree with you, Kentucky guy. Hopefully they're not going to lose any critical production staff who travel on the road with them every week or like some of their major superstars, uh, and, and I don't just mean main eventers, I mean their mid-carders who basically form the core of their roster. 
Um, because once you start cutting talent, then it's like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Call up everybody from NXT or even wrestlers that aren't ready for the main roster? How are we going to shuffle things around? I mean, we have the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, or, or it might be a little over a week, I forget. Some, I think it's May 8th is when the draft's coming up. Um, but, you know, cuts are going to happen in the post-WrestleMania season. That's something that's happened for many years now in WWE. But all of you AEW fans need to cool it and not just suddenly be like, oh, so this wrestler could end up in AEW. or this AEW's got an influx of enough talent right now. That's part of the reason why many of them are still on Rampage and AEW Dark. I just want to say that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks, Kentucky guy. But, uh, you know, hopefully no one that's really critical to the creative and production end of WWE is going to get let go. You know, every week this draft is getting more and more interesting. I think uh, I think it's going to tell a story. It could tell a story on different levels as well. Triple H did say it was going to be the greatest of all time, so we'll see. Or it's going to be a game changer. What he said, it's going to be a game changer. So, yeah, I'm pretty interested in this draft. What about yourself? <laughs> he said, game changer. I get it. Uh, play on words. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always interested to see where wrestlers are going to wind up. Um, one of the things I don't like Hopefully they'll, they'll they won't repeat this a lot this year. Is when a wrestler is on Raw or on SmackDown and they get drafted to the same brand that they're currently on. Um, even though I understand there's the whole thing where well every wrestler is eligible and I'm like yeah but if their title or whatever is exclusive to that brand then what are they going to do? Well the last couple of years I know they've just done those like championship exchanges which I've never really been a fan of to be perfectly honest. But uh, I am intrigued this year. I am definitely intrigued by the end result. I thought that was so stupid. Charlotte and Becky Lynch trading belts. I thought I thought that was stupid. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of AEW, and uh, we did break this news or we talked about it on the last episode. Uh, so I want to reassure you. Uh, what we, you know, I had to do some uh, retraction. Well, I didn't have to really retract because it was uh, it was the truth, and then. They retract, they, re I don't know what's going on. Anyways, let me, let's go. I just want to put it out there that this is, this is true because I fact-checked this headline. AEW planning a feud between CM Punk and Chris Jericho. AEW tentatively has plans for CM Punk to make his return to television on June 21st edition of Dynamite. As previously reported, there's plan, a planned meeting with AEW president, Tony Khan, Punk, Chris Jericho, and more happening soon. The idea for AEW to use the AEW Collision Show, which is expected to air on Saturday nights, as the CM Punk show with him being separated from those on the roster who do not like him for this for his actions. Reported on Sunday's Wrestling Observer Live that Warner Brothers Discovery is aware of CM Punk returning. He's also heard that the Young Bucks do not want to work with Punk. Quote, the story here is that CM Punk is essentially happening. I know for a fact that Warner has been told he's coming back. They are very much aware of the situation. He had recently said he was willing to return to AEW, 
and he wants to make it work. The issue here is that he's willing to work with the elite members. I know that as of the time I was told, and as early of, as early of this week, there was no in, uh, intention on the other side. Maybe Kenny Omega a little bit more than the Young Bucks, but I mean, they do not want to work with him. There's been no dialogue between the two sides, either regarding sitting down and making this work. The plans have been put in place to possibly have a Saturday show to soft to, to be the soft brand split. When I used the term yesterday on Matt Men, I was told that it's less soft than I'm putting out there. I guess there will be people that are predominantly on the Saturday show. Also, Dave Meltzer reported that there was a meeting scheduled between CM Punk, Tony Khan, and, and FTR, and somebody and other people. Now, I've heard this from multiple sources that this meeting is to take place within the next couple weeks. So, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's happening. I knew, I, I, I found out last week that they could not, his asking buyout price was ridiculous. It was just absurd. So now they're trying to bring him back like he's a good guy. Oh, I've always wanted to come back, and other people aren't wanting him to. And I wonder why they're putting that out there. Well, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, mainly the Young Bucks, don't want to work with them. Huh, gee, could it be Young Bucks contracts are up this year, and uh, they're going to be like Sayonara? I think they just lost the elites. As soon as they bring this guy back, I think they're gone. And hello, WWE, and guess what? I'm all for it. Your thoughts, sir? Well, um... It's hard to say. You know, the Kentucky guy, I listened to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast um, earlier this week, and he commented on the CM Punk situation. And I have to respectfully disagree with him on this one because in his mind he said, well, Tony Khan is a businessman, and he knows that Punk sells tickets and can help increase ratings and can help uh, sell pay-per-views and this, this, and this. Uh, yeah, th that's all true, Jim Cornette, but Punk is also... As many people have gone on record saying, Chris Jericho being one of them, he's a cancer to the locker room right now. Had he never said what he said at the all-out media scrum, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't still be talking about it seven to eight months later. But we are, because he had to open his mouth and he had to take shots below the belt towards a lot of people in the locker room and towards Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, without mentioning them by name. Um, so now we're in a situation where Tony Khan, well, yeah, he wants to be a businessman. He wants to do what's best for business. And he's like, so I'm going to risk upsetting a good portion of the locker room by bringing CM Punk back. Oh, you don't have to worry about it. You guys won't see him most of the time. He's only going to be on the Saturday show. Well, that still doesn't fix your problem. You're still bringing him back. There's still going to be wrestlers who need to work with him. And in this case, they're trying to go back to the old Chris Jericho, well, well, these two feuded in WWE and have some bad blood, so that's that would be a draw right there. Well, there's, yeah, yeah, could those two make the feud work? There's no question they probably could, but I, I just, you and I said it before, Kentucky guy on other podcasts. I really feel like just letting Punk sit out the rest of his contract would have been the best case scenario, but obviously Tony Khan has opted to try to bring him back so we'll just have to wait and see what happens but ah oh man the young bucks yep they i think it's a very strong possibility they could be wwe bound i'm sure they have an open invitation also don't forget about this to go back to new japan anytime they want 
and I'm sure they would take that company up on uh, up on that offer if they made them the right one. So the Young Bucks are going to be fine if they end up leaving leaving AEW and Kenny Omega. We will we'll find out in the coming months as well because his contract I know was extended a little bit because of his injury time, but he's I'm sure looking at other opportunities too. As yeah, we speak. plus you know they're they really are best friends in real life, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So uh, yeah, I I think I think they'll go. Wherever they go, one goes, the other go. That's how it's been for the last few years with those guys. And, uh, you know, this uh, this CM Punk thing, what really bugs me about it is, first of all, I, can, I get it that Tony Khan couldn't afford to do the lavish buyout. I get it. I get it. I mean, you ha- he has a lot of wrestlers on his roster. And I also understand of... Uh, him letting Punk sit there, in a, in a sense, and not, and not letting his contract run out and try to get what he could out of CM Punk's name until his contract is up. I understand that a little bit. Here's the thing: when you're gonna, when you're going to upset at least fifty percent of your fan base, not including your locker room, Colt Cabana will not wrestle in AEW with, with CM Punk there. We've already seen that. And then we've already talked about the elites in, in Omega. And the only reason why they say Omega might be willing to, because as reported, I reported people that actually seen it, what happened that day. Yeah, uh, Kenny Omega was pretty much an innocent bystander in that until that stupid guy that they fired, CM Punk's buddy, uh, hit him. Kenny Omega was just trying to save a dog. But, yeah, Kenny Omega is a lot more professional than the Young Bucks. Get it? He's been around a lot longer. However, CM Punk still punched his friends and tried to hurt his friends and get them fired. So he's just like any other human. And I look for all three of them boys to bye-bye. Look for him to go. Anyway, sir, uh, you've got the next two headlines. It's all you. All right. Fan sign supporting WWE star confiscated at Monday's Raw. WWE security once again took a sign from a fan at a Monday Night Raw event that was supporting Dana Brooke. In recent memory, Brooke, or recent memory, yes, Brooke has mostly been used on main event, although she will sometimes appear on Raw. Her last Raw match happened last November when she lost to Io Sky in a singles match, and she also competed in the 30-woman Royal Rumble match back in January. During the post-WrestleMania edition of Raw, WWE confiscated a sign in L.A. that read, Give Dana Brooke a chance. It happened again at this week's Raw in Little Rock, Arkansas, with a sign that read, I paid to see Dana Brooke. Brooke saw the fans tweet and apologize for the situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this when WWE just takes signs off of fans. I mean, it wasn't like they were holding a sign up that had anything offensive or inflammatory or anything like that. I mean, this was just a fan saying... I came to see Dana Brooke, um, you know, because she hasn't been on television much. I mean, I, I mean, I remember years and years ago, I um, I worked at uh, the Wells Fargo Center in uh, at the in Philadelphia, and we used to actually tell parents who brought signs that their kids brought in for the different athletes that if the sign was above a cer- certain dimensions, they couldn't bring it in. Do you know how many kids started bawling their eyes out as soon as we told them that? It broke my heart every single time. I could see taking a sign down 
or confiscating a sign from a fan that has something offensive on it. But to just say, give Dana Brooke a chance, come on. Let's, let's just take all the fun away. Let's, let, let's tell fans they can't, they can't yell or clap either at a show while we're at it. Ridiculous. That is a little bit. That that's crazy. That that's a uh, wow. Yeah, that that's a uh, that's well, it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, if there's nothing vulgar on the sign, and there's nothing like threatening or death threats or anything, you know, out of the you know, hey, knock his head off, even something like that. But just like I'm here to see this person, or this is you know, give what you call it a chance or, or what have you. By the way, I forgot about Dana Brooks too. She hasn't been on there in a while. I forgot all about her, but anyways, that's uh, man, you're going to lose fans. WWE, you, you can't. What are you doing? This is the first time in many years you actually have competition from other promotions, and now you're going to be this ignorant and treat your fans that who pay money, big money, to come to your live show. It's not cheap to go to a live show, and you can't let them relax and have a good time and just hold up. You know, it was probably a little girl sign. Hold up their superhero. Uh, doesn't make Anyways, you got the next headline. Yeah, that kind of ticks me off. Becky Lynch reportedly dealing with a minor injury. We talked about this a little earlier. After Becky Lynch announced that she would not be showing up for tonight's WWE Monday Night Raw, it sparked speculation as to whether this was a storyline or if there was something going on behind the scenes. A week ago on Monday Night Raw, Lynch and Trish Stratus dropped the women's tag team titles to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Post-match, Lynch was attacked by Stratus, who turned heel to set up their reported SummerSlam match. Um, oh, I, this is going to be really tough to drag out all the way until August. Um, I thought the match was, was scheduled to happen at Backlash, or maybe potentially the um, Night of Champions match, or, or pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia even. But um, for this to get dragged all the way out until SummerSlam in July, August, wow! Uh, I don't know how they're going to make that happen. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was backlash too. I I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, neither one of these two are. This isn't an. This isn't an interesting. This is not an interesting enough storyline to. Why, why would you waste uh, SummerSlam is kind of like the summertime WrestleMania show. Why would you waste why would you waste a spot at this show for these two? And there's no title involved either. I, I don't I don't yeah, I don't get it. Uh, so this next headline, now that that was all your headlines, correct? Mr. Cage? Okay, I just wanted headlines. to make sure. I thought I had it counted right. <laughs> I brought my headline. Uh, so this next headline here, um, I thought it was, I just couldn't leave it off because I thought it was too funny. And once I read it, I think you guys will understand. Here we go. Vince McMahon has a new WWE contract. And this contract has a code of conduct and a non-harassment <laughs> policy included. So more details <laughs> uh more details continue to come out regarding the new WWE contract that Vince McMahon signed at the end of March, uh, just days before it was announced that the Endover Group had acquired the company. As previously reported via a SEC filing, McMahon became an employee again after receiving a stock reward 
and a market value of $4.7 million. For now, he remains the controlling shareholder of the company. The deal stipulates that he will serve as executive chairman for two years from his start date of January 9th, 2023, when he returned to WWE. A report by Hollywood Reporter indicates that McMahon's continued employment shall be conditional on compliance with WWE's conflict of interest and code of conduct and their equal opportunity and non-harassment policy. The clause in the deal comes after McMahon walked away from WWE last summer after being investigated by the board of directors for hush money payments made to him to women with whom he had affairs. The day after WrestleMania 39, it was announced that Endover would be acquiring WWE with the plan to merger it with UFC for, to form a company. Although the WWE board did, didn't want McMahon to return to the company in December, McMahon pushed his way back in. Endover CEO R.E. Uh, Emanuel has stated that he is the only one, he is the one, sorry, not the only one, he is the one who wanted McMahon to stay on once the acquisition had been completed. I did watch that interview between Vince McMahon and Ari and uh, Ari Emanuel. First of all, Vince McMahon needs to shave his mustache because, dude, he's creepy looking. He is creepy looking with that. It looks like he took a little ink pen, a dark black ink pen, and and penciled that on. It, it's weird. It's very weird. But anyways, I think it's funny that they put they had to put this clause in here. First of all, it's sad. I mean, you know, just call him what he is. He's a dirty old man. You know, it's sad that they had to bring this up and that, that it went through all this and uh, what have you. But anyways, I think that it's, uh, <laughs> I like it. I, I'm glad it's in there. And uh, I, I, surely, goodness, he's 70-some years old. They don't have to worry about that now, but who knows? Your thoughts on that headline? It's pretty ironic considering all the controversy surrounding Vince McMahon over the last few years. Well, many years, but especially the last few years. Uh, glad it's in there, and hopefully hopefully we don't hear any more crazy stories about Vince having more skeletons in his closet, but you just never know. Oh, I'm sure we haven't heard of half of them. I'm sure we haven't heard of half of them. Okay, so I've got one more headline here. Uh, pretty interesting one. Let's see. Chris Jericho says, quote, Jay White, Jay White was on a silver platter for WWE, and he chose AEW instead. Chris Jericho has given his take on AEW signing Jay White, who had been a top star for New Japan Pro Wrestling before he finished up with the promotion earlier this year. While returned to AEW on last week's Dynamite, when he and Juice Robinson attacked Ricky Starks, officially kicking off his run with the promotion after signing with All Elite Wrestling. Before he signed with AEW, he was deciding whether to do that or go to the WWE, where they had a lot of interest in him. Many people believe that White was WWE-bound at one point. While speaking on the Battleground podcast, Jericho was discussing the momentum of AEW after launching just four years ago and recalled how he wanted to make history with AEW's president, Tony Khan. Quote, that's why Jay White, what a great example of us still having momentum. Hottest free agent in the world. Not true. Kenny Omega is your hottest free agent right now. Silver, uh, hottest free agent in the world. Silver platter for WWE. I mean, the guy is 6'4". He's international. He has the accent, which chicks love, <laughs> Jericho stated. He's a great worker, great heel, great baby face, and he chose AEW. 
If that doesn't tell you that something is going on with us, I don't know what will. Just continue to build that momentum. It's very exciting prospect for me. Okay, so yes. Okay, so let's let's be honest for just a second. JW signed Jay White signs with AEW and what? He stays around people he's wrestled with and knows because he's wrestled with these guys in New Japan. He still gets to go on Impact Wrestling where he has friends and knows people and feels more comfortable. He goes or he goes to WWE where he knows practically nobody. Practically nobody. Because uh Finn Balor, all those New Japan pro wrestling guys, well, he would know the good brothers, but shoot, I ain't seen them on television forever either. But uh, Finn Balor, all these other AJ Styles, all these other Bullet Club members and New Japan Pro Wrestlers, Samoa Joe and that, they were there and gone before Jay White came to town. So say what you want to, Jericho, and I respect you, and I still say you're the GOAT. AEW bringing CM Punk back is going to slow your row very, very fast when you start losing people that are on your silver platter that are already signed with the company. And Jay White's not the hottest free agent right now. Anybody will tell you Kenny Omega is. And we read reports that WWE actually switched and turned the heat up on Kenny Omega and cooled it down on Jay White. So, just saying, there's there's two sides to every coin. Your thoughts, sir? I think, in many ways, it makes sense that Jay White signed with AEW. Like you said, he's going into an environment that he's a little more comfortable in. He knows a lot of the people there. He's worked with them before. You know, I guess for this stage of his career, it makes sense. You know, transitioning from New Japan over to AEW is not going to be that big of a switch for him, um, for, for the switchblade, if you will. But um, you have to also keep in mind, the man's only 30 years old. He's, uh, he's still growing as a performer. And just because he's not in WWE right now doesn't mean a few years down the line he couldn't wind up there. If he makes even more strides in his career while he's in AEW, he you know he could become an even hotter and more in-demand talent somewhere down the road. Um, I don't think they did the best job debuting him because if I remember right, he he came out and attacked Ricky Starks, and I know he has a match coming up on Dynamite tonight with Commander. Uh, a uh, luchador wrestler, and I'm kind of like, uh, is this really the best way to de- to re-debut Jay White in AEW? I'm not, I'm not so sure. And I can appreciate Jericho talking him up and saying he's one of the hottest free agents out there, and saying he's a great addition to the AEW talent roster. But yeah, I mean, you, you've got the the CM Punk thing going on uh, in the background right now, and it's uh, we'll, we'll see how that impacts uh, other wrestlers yeah it, it's kind of like uh something I, i've always heard uh is uh, don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house so i think jericho needs to just kind of chill out just a little bit now another wrestler uh and this isn't a headline but this is just something i wanted to get your opinion on because i know you're a fan of this wrestler so i just found out and I don't know how I missed this, but L.A. Knight is like, he's he's like 40 years old. So, and he's been a wrestler for uh, many, many years. And I I can't see him having 
once I learned that, and it's, I'm sorry, it's just the, it's the way my mind works. I can't see him having as big of a run in the WWE like I thought he was going to because, I mean, well, he's old, he, he's older, and he's got a lot of wear and tear on his body, man. He's been wrestling a long time, and, and I didn't realize. I mean, I I knew him in NXT, knew him a little bit in uh, Impact when he was there, but I didn't realize that he was. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize he'd been wrestling that long. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? He, I, I just can't see. He's been wrestling for, uh, I think, what, 13? Like he started back in 2009. So quite a few years, like 13 years. Well, well think about this. I mean, there's uh, quite a few wrestlers in WWE right now, such as uh, Sheamus, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley. These guys are all about 40 years old or older, and they could still go at a pretty good uh Level. I mean, and we. I mean, we just name dropped uh, Chris Jericho a minute ago. I mean, that guy's like fifty, and he still can compete at a pretty good uh, level. So, I mean, don't misunderstand me. You know, forty years old, been wrestling since two thousand nine. Yeah, there's definitely wear and tear in your body. But, um, you know, if La Knight, uh, you know, still continues to take care of himself and doesn't get hampered by too many injuries, he could still have a good uh, few years left in the tank. I wouldn't necessarily write him yeah, off. Yeah, now just yet. I think he misunderstood me. Uh, I'm not writing him off, not saying that he's not going to be good. I'm just saying the ceiling for him is not as high as I thought it was, thought it would be because of his age. Would you agree with that? I wouldn't disagree, but I would not I would not agree a hundred percent because we have seen we have seen different wrestlers in their forties sort of sort of have a uh, career renaissance, if you will, when people thought that they were that they were just about done. I mean, I'll name a couple right now. I mean, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, these guys, I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't wrestle past their prime, but I mean, they still had some incredible, incredible moments in their careers when they were in their forties and people thought that they were done. washed yeah, up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I got you. I, I, you are right. I'm just saying it just come with the company. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it, it'd be curious to see. I like LA Knight. I think he's great. By the way, Chris Jericho is 52 years old. How dare you say he's 60 years old? You know, he's... Oh, no, I did you? 50, I, did <laughs> I thought you 60. said he was 60. I was getting mad. He's 52, by the way. <laughs> I looked that up right after you said that. Uh, okay, so that is all I have for this episode. How about yourself, sir? Well, I had one, I had one final. This isn't really a headline, but it was something I read about this week, and I'm sure you might have read it as well, but there were some rumors that after uh, the Raw after WrestleMania, when Seth Rollins' segment was cut short, there were some rumors that there was some major backstage heat between Seth Rollins and WWE. And the reason this uh, picked up a little bit of steam is because Seth Rollins' um, wrestling school, I believe it was, had recently created some merchandise that had his old uh, independent wrestling name, Tyler Black, printed, printed on it. And people were automatically jumping to the conclusion that there was heat between Seth Rollins and WWE. And I just want to, I just want to set the record straight and dispel those rumors. According to everything I have read, there is no backstage heat between Seth Rollins and WWE. Yes, he was upset that his segment was cut short the night after WrestleMania on Raw, but there was no actual heat between Seth Rollins and the company. Yeah. So okay, and Seth Rollins was angry that night 
He was, and he left. He did. If you guys remember, he walked out, and he didn't say anything really, and just turned around and walked out. Okay, uh, uh, right, right from the ring. Here's the thing, Vince McMahon, who we know, dipped his finger in. By the way, you don't hear Vince McMahon's name a whole lot since that Raw. I got a feeling that his new partners had a chat with them and told, whoa, 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 boy, you know, know your role. Because Vince McMahon did change Seth Rollins' promo. He cut it short, but he changed it as well. He did many changes that night. And Seth Rollins, who you can't blame him. So here, here's a guy that works his butt off, who should be a world champion. Let's just face it. He's one of the best right now. He's in the he's in the best, the best uh condition and place that you can be. He is a heel who people sing his song when he comes out. Right? So, I mean <laughs> it, but he was upset, but he got over it. He's a grown man. There are no, there's no issues between WWE or Seth Rollins. And he was right back on Raw this last week, and he defeated Miz. Just to kind of show you that he's back. And he came back, what? All smiling, singing his song, being the, uh, the conductor. So, you know, hey, we all, we all, we're all, we're all human. And he just, uh, he got mad. So it looks like uh, he was, uh, I found the story here. He was instructed during a commercial break that a segment had been shorter and changed on the fly as he had a microphone in his hand indicating that he was originally supposed to cut a promo. And he just laid it down and walked out. <laughs> but Rollins is, I mean, Rollins, he spent some time on uh, Ring of Honor and some independent, but he really, he's about the closest thing to WWE NXT homegrown as you can get being an indie wrestler himself because yeah, he was in the indie indie world for a minute, but like he has really cut his teeth and got come to his own in NXT and WWE. And I don't see him. It'd have to be pretty bad for him to walk away. So just to throw my two cents on that. Anything else, sir? That is all for me. All right, folks. So you've been listening to against the mat wrestling podcast. With your co-host, the Kentucky guy, and Donnie Page. <laughs> Folks, you got to let me finish before you start clapping. Jeez almighty. With your co-host, the Kentucky guy, and Donnie Cage. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all. One, two, three, four. Ah.